it's time once again for the nefarious show that is converting people across the world to eating vegetables. Ah! Yes, yes, yes. Vegan Radio. We take omnivores and we crush them into little bits of matter. And then we remold them into vegans. And they are happy about it. You know you're jonesing for tofu. Because deep inside, we all know we can do better. There's no need to eat flesh, to kill, to oppress, to oppress animals, to oppress people who work killing the animals, raising the animals, slaughtering the animals. To all of us who are children, when we made the connection of what we were doing to animals and then had to suppress it deep in our psyches, where it bubbles up as violence, as anger, as ignorance in our daily choices, our interactions with other people. I believe it's time for our species to take another evolutionary step, a compassionate step. And uh, that's what this show is about. Because after all, the word evolve contains the word love. And the word love is what we're all about. Oh yeah! We got love. Got more love than you can shake a stick at, I tell you. We also have Kevin Gianni from the Renegade Health Show today. A vegan of the healthy vegan perspective. He's got a show about finding healthiness through veganism and raw foodism and probably some other isms. And uh, unfortunately, I forgot to press the record button at the beginning of the show, so that's why you have this strange alternative intro. <laughs> but, you know, I like doing these things every once in a while. Without the supervision of Scott and Jillian, I can act crazy. But let me tell you something, listeners, a secret. It's not an act. We're going to pick up the show where... I did remember to press record button about 10 minutes in or so, and uh, we're going to have Scott giving us some news, and Jillian will be there doing her Jillian thing. Vegan Radio, because the animals are listening too. Waterloo, Iowa. Animal rights advocates are asking the legislature to protect pets caught in domestic violence situations. Animal rights activists are pushing for court protection for animals caught between people in a domestic violence situation. Animal Rescue League of Iowa Director Tom Colvin says his agency provides a, quote, safe house or other forms of protection to at least one pet a week caught between two feuding parties. Colvin said some battered women's shelters don't allow pets, forcing owners to leave the animals at home. Colvin says they fear the animals could be harmed or used as leverage to get the owner to return. And so legislation is making its way through the state house. And it would expand the scope of judicial restraint in domestic abuse cases and to include pets. Pets. Or as it says here in the story, to include to include pets. Now, do I don't... It's something I'm not clear on. Do people go to jail for abusing animals now? Is that true or they just get their animal taken occasionally, away? Occasionally. 
Yeah, occasionally. It's a uphill battle. I mean, what's the... Do we know the law? Is that is that something that's against um, the law? It varies from state to state. Yeah. In Iowa, who knows? And animal to animal. Most farm animals don't have any rights. Uh, they're not really considered animals. They're more property. Well, most, most animals are property by law, but some property... Right. Well, on the one hand, yeah, I mean, on the one hand, you have, you know, the agriculture industry wants to not have them be protected so much. And then on the other hand, you have not so many people really making a stink about it to get the laws changed. So, yeah, I mean, I was just wondering, I mean, is a pet considered personal property of a person? Is that is that what it is? Um, Well, cats and dogs have have more rights than most other animals due to their status in our culture. Yep. They're hip. They're fuzzy ubiquity. (laughs) Um, So, in other news, a school in England is offering a vegetarian fee cut. That's right. This uh, private school in Gloucestershire is... uh, Gloucestershire. There, I said it better (laughs) that time. Is seeking sixth form pupils to take up a special vegetarian scholarship. Somehow this only sounds right if you have an accent. (laughs) The 15,000-pound-a-year Wycliffe College in Stonehouse has offered the 10% discount to non-meat eaters since it was founded in 1882. Not bad. But in recent years, no one has taken up the 1,500-pound scholarship, and new candidates are being sought. The school's vegetarian ethos was established by its founder, Methodist and vegetarian G.W. Sibley. Who I, I think we've heard that name before. Good all-rounder, yes. Spokesman Melanie Gray said... People in the past have taken it up, but we haven't had any candidates for several years. It would be great to get some good candidates to come forward. They would have to be truly vegetarian, of course. They couldn't be caught having a burger. But, <laughs> but not eating meat is, is not the only criterion. No, indeed. They would have to be a good all-round student and fit within, with the uh, school academically and with its ethos. I don't know any other school that offers something like this. Many of the teachers are vegetarian, and I am myself. And the food that the school provides is very good. So I'd like to see how well the school does with regard to, uh, you know, with respect to other schools for their vegetarian students. That is interesting. And you said a couple of weeks ago that other schools are starting to offer vegetarian meals and more kids are going veg. So this is good. Kids. Yep. It's a trend. Veggies. It's trendy. Trendy kid trend. Is the human species evolving? This is Dan Ferraro, author of Bizarro. And you are listening to Vegan Radio on Valley Free Radio, WXOJ, LP Northampton, 103.3 FM, and podcasting at veganradio.com. What are you thinking? (laughs) Oh my goodness. Dan Ferraro. Yeah, we love him. His bizarro cartoon is, is so <laughs> awesome. <laughs> oh, I was making bumpers today. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, I have all these old recordings of people <clears throat> that I needed to make into bumpers. Got anyone else? I got a couple more, but I'm going to save them for later in the show. Okay. What's Keep like our Christmas, listeners tuned but bumpers. In. I know. I have Keep a, them in suspense. Emily Deschanel from Bones. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She's wow. a celebrity. Yes, and Zooey Deschanel's sister. Is she? Mm-hmm. Zoo, is her name Zooey? No, her sister from She and Him and also played 
the sister in Almost Famous and Ooh, almost and famous. played Trillion in Hitchhiker's Guide. To yeah, the she's like a cutie pie. That's her sister. Yep. Okay. Yep. And I think they're both vegan or veggie. I believe I read recently. I was reading the wiki list of vegetarians and vegans in the world. Well, Zooey, if you're out there, give us a call. She is cute. She was recently in town, like a few months ago, I guess. Here? Yeah, she was uh, doing She and Him with uh, M. Ward. Yeah. And they're, they're, they are adorable. Super adorable. I don't know anything about any of that, but let's get back to the news, Scotty. <laughs> Isn't six a bit young to be a vegetarian, Derek? Six? Hell no. No? You don't think so? <laughs> Zero. Well... <laughs> Zero is the age you should start. Well, I'm in the keeping with the GuardianCo.uk theme. I'm going with this Q&A column. And the question is, my six-year-old son has declared he wants to be vegetarian. He seems to be perfectly healthy, but should should I encourage him to eat meat or give him vitamin supplements to make up for the meat-free diet? (laughs) Maybe a meat pill. Yes. Well, here's here's your answer. Perhaps a pet chicken. I'm worried about this question. <laughs> not about your child's health, because being vegetarian, as long as his diet is varied, should not compromise it. He shouldn't... Yeah, it should enhance it. Indeed. He shouldn't need vitamin supplements, provided he's in robust health. Except no, perhaps B12. No, what worries me is who has influenced him. Is it someone at school or friends or something online or a TV show? The you, British Dave Warwick. You, not an outsider, should be the main influence on his lifestyle. If you try to encourage him to eat meat, don't make it a battle, but a matter of a friendly chat. <laughs> you may find that his ideas are mistaken, and you can correct them. It's okay to kill animals. As long as he's robust. Here, here's a rabbit. Here's a knife. I was waiting for the next part where maybe his ideas are right, and he will correct you. Maybe. Six-year-olds maybe are pretty smart. Involved, evolved than his parents. Oh, yes. Every generation is, is uh, more evolved. Uh, what that means, again, we don't know. Uh... Oh, speak for yourself, Scotty. Hey. I'm on the cutting edge here. The cutting edge. Diabetic? Anyone? Nope. No? No. Go fresh vegan if you are. Oh, wait. Because here it says, researchers at the Tulane School of Public Health and Tropical Medicine and the Harvard School of Public Health have found that eating just one serving of green leafy vegetables or three servings of fruit a day reduces the risk of developing type 2 diabetes. They found that one serving of fruit juice a day increased the risk of type 2 diabetes in women. Uh, So fruit juice, bad. Fruit, good. Based on the results of our study, people who have risk factors for diabetes may find it helpful to fill up on leafy greens like lettuces, kale, and spinach, and whole fruits like apples, bananas, oranges, and watermelon, rather than drink fruit juices, which deliver a big sugar load in a liquid form that gets absorbed rapidly. With no fiber. According to Tulane epidemiologist Dr. Lydia Bazzano. For the study, Bazzano and her team analyzed 18 years' worth of diet and health data from 71,346 nurses who participated in the Nurses' <coughs> Health Study from 1984 to 2002. Apart from emphasizing the importance of eating whole fruits and green leafy vegetables to prevent diabetes, the researchers also recommend replacing refined grains and white potatoes with whole fruit or green leafy vegetable servings. And sweet potatoes. Mm, yum. Yum. Yep. It's because white flowers and potatoes have been associated with an increased risk of diabetes. This is Danielle from Vegan Treats Bakery, and you're listening to Vegan Radio on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP Northampton, 103.3 FM and podcasting at veganradio.com. Preserve the integrity of all living things. Eat vegan. Sweet dream, baby, 
So uh, we have today Kevin Gianni, raw foodist extraordinaire and uh, proprietor of the Renegade Health Show. Is that proprietor the right word? That works for me. <laughs> there, Kevin? What's going right. on? Oh, you know, just hanging out in the radio station. Yeah, <laughs> it's romantic lighting in here. We're enjoying it. <laughs> Checking out your website. Yeah, I, I, lo- I watched a few of your episodes today. Oh, you did? Yeah, they were great. <laughs> what did you think? A little crazy? Um, just crazy enough, Kevin. <laughs> and uh, just long enough, too. Ten minute, the 10-minute 10 limit on the YouTube videos kind of makes you have to be really succinct. Well, it's actually really good because, you know, I, I think people pretty much only watch about the first minute of most videos. So, I mean, I, it's hard to find to scrunch some health information into one minute, you know. That's true. So you just moved into an RV or you've been in the RV for a while now and you're recording no, we, from there? We are living in three different places right now. We're living in a friend's house in Stanford, Connecticut. We are living in my parents' place and we're living in an RV without any running water or any toilet. So oh, that's right. No, real, I read that. <laughs> it's a real interesting experience right, right. now. And the, the RV, we're getting ready. And I have to admit, I, I normally take stress and normally handle situations like this very well. But, but this RV, is this, this, it's a big 36-foot bus, literally, literally. And it's not like living in a house. So like in a house, you know, you, you run the water and you use the bathroom and you take a shower and you, you prepare your meals and all this sort of stuff. And then you forget about it. You know, you don't have to worry about, you know, pumping out the the waste that's in the RV. You don't have to worry about filling up the RV, you know, your house with water because you know the city does that for you. Your well does that. But in this case, I have to literally do all this stuff as well as you know tour around the country talking about natural health and all mm-hmm. this other cool stuff. So well, I mean, it must make you really, really aware of your resources. <laughs> it must make you really aware of like what what it takes to live. You know, which it's, is it's insane. I mean, the, all the things that we that we do on a daily basis. I mean, there are systems in place behind it that we just don't even think about. And when you're in an RV, I mean, they are just glaring right in front of you. <laughs> so what are you using for toilets? You don't have a composting toilet or anything? <laughs> well, we, we have to run up to my parents' house. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> or we have to, uh, you know, go out in the woods. I mean, it's, we, we're actually have, we're staying in a storage place. The RV's in a storage place. And uh, there's actually a guy, the strangest thing, there's another guy who's actually staying in his RV. And so, you know, we've kind of asked him some tips and stuff, and he's given us some books, so he's been a little helpful. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. And, and you're, and you're leaving, uh, you're going on a tour in a few days? Yeah, we leave on, on Saturday. What we're doing is we're touring around the country. We're basically promoting um, a plant-based lifestyle, and that's kind of that's what we do, and we've been doing it for, for a while now, and, and we've been teaching it online and through personal training and through all the things that we do for for a while. We kind of want to explore some of the myths and some of the, you know, the pluses and minuses and, and some of the things that people are talking about in terms of plant-based lifestyle and do it by you know, interviewing experts and really getting into like the nitty-gritty of it. You know, if you think of like, I don't know if you watch like TLC, but I think it's TLC, they have like the dirty jobs. Like we kind of want to pull that element into it, some real hands-on type experience and, and just learn for ourselves. I mean, I think experience is one of those things that really speaks pretty strongly when it comes to to any sort of, of diet, you know, because you know how your body reacts to certain things, and, and some people's bodies react differently to other things. So so it's, it's really a personal experience type thing, and it's fun, and that's the one thing I think is missing in the natural health 
uh, world. I think there's not enough people out there have, have really having fun with it and joking around and, and letting people into their lives and saying, hey, you know, we screw up too, and, and this is what we're doing. We're really trying to explore, you know, optimal health, and, and we're not into any sort of dogma or any sort of, you know, particular agenda. We just want, you know, peace on the world, peace on earth. We want, we want animals to be treated fairly. We want all this, these things to happen, and that's what we're all about. So it's more than just a diet. It's a lifestyle. Oh, my gosh. It's such a lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it sounds like, I mean, you're even just sacrificing what people consider basic needs to go out and do that, and that's awesome. It's, you know. <laughs> so, well, you know, if, if someone had told me that, that the Thursday before we left that I'd be sacrificing all these needs, <laughs> I might have reconsidered. But uh, <laughs> You're doing it. No, it's, it's awesome. We're, and you're eating. We're, we're really about our fans. We have a lot of fans who, who watch our show on a daily basis, and, and we have a lot of fans who get our emails, and, and they want to see us. And, you know, it's kind of weird because, you know, I spend a lot of time in the house, you know, producing these videos. And, and obviously you can tell they're not, they're not you know, the, the, um, they're not coming from, you know, your, your HBO or anything like that. You know, the production quality is, is basically, you know, a, a flip video camera and, you know, Sony Vegas for, for the editing. But, you know, our fans want to see us, and, and they've really connected with us. And so, you know, it's really important for us, for my, my wife and Marie and I, to get out there and just do it. It's, it's uh it's like this compelling thing that, that we wanted to do, so we're excited about it. I find it amazing that you managed to get them on there just about every day. And uh, and how long have you been doing these? It's almost exactly one year. Um, I started last February. Uh, just around this time, I went to a conference in Orlando, and I met someone. Uh, his name is Gary Vaynerchuk, and he's uh, he's really in, he's into wine, and he's got a, video, a website called Wine Library TV, and he does daily videos about wine, and it's literally kind of put him on the map in terms of, of the quote-unquote wine world and an alternative view to, to the wine world. And, and I wasn't interested in wine. I don't drink or anything like that. But I, but I kind of saw something in, in him that, that I kind of had that I was kind of holding back, and it was the ability to communicate, and it was the ability to communicate and actually have people enjoy it. Because you, know, you, you can listen to a lot of these 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 experts talking about health, and you can read a lot of books and all the scientific stuff. And it just you know, you, you read a couple books, and you're just like, you know, this is kind of drab, and you know, and, and it just doesn't doesn't really do it for me. And I think what's again, like I said before, what's really missing in, in an industry um, in in this this kind of culture, this plant based culture, is is that that in that fun. Um, you know, kind of, you know, fly by the seat of your pants, you know, just really enjoy this and, and get people into it because cause that's what people are going to like. That, you know, people like watching TV, right? You know, a lot of people, uh, there's a lot of great shows on, there's, there's some awesome garbage, but people like it and people are, are attracted to it. It's something that, that you know, you, you sit down and, and you can suddenly get sucked in. And so the medium to me was so, so important because if people are watching TV and maybe they're watching something that's, you know, complete garbage and completely brainwashing them, well, maybe we can make a little bit of a transition. Now, it's, it's, it's a big leap. You know, it's, it's, it's regular TV to Internet TV, and it's 30 minutes to, you know, 10 minutes and that sort of stuff. But maybe, just maybe, maybe we can turn on one or two or three people onto this type of lifestyle, and, and you know, then they can turn their friends on, and then it kind of spreads like, like you know, wildfire. Well, yeah, Let's... people are getting into it, you know, like the the blog TV thing. First it was food blogs, and now a lot of people are doing little episodes and stuff, as you know, just as it's easier to use the technology. And it's an awesome way to communicate, you know, in a, within a community. Well, the, the mass media is doing a terrible job of keeping us informed about things that really matter, and it's, it's kind of up to us to take it into our own hands now and, 
That's what we're here for. That's what you're doing. That's what we're doing. Getting the message, the the real messages out to the people that they're not going to get on CBS. <laughs> That's right. And uh, yeah. and great talents like Tazon Day that you Say can't what? get anywhere else. <laughs> he, he, I think he's talking about internet celebrity. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> chocolate rain. You're the chocolate rain of, of raw foodism. <laughs> <laughs> Except hopefully his popularity won't <laughs> but, um, cease that I'll, quickly. I'll take it, I guess. Is it good? <laughs> <laughs> Don't ask. <laughs> Don't ask. All right, cool. <laughs> so so you, you, you've been talking about um, promoting a plant-based lifestyle, but um, it seems like most everything you're doing is raw. Is that true? or Are you... Are you it's a good question. No, not a, not everything we do is is raw. And you know, I've I've gone, you know, I've done the extreme hundred percent raw thing, and I've cut back. And and the reason for me is is because I lose a lot of weight, and you know, my body runs really well with some cooked grains, some some quinoa or some lentils or you know, just some things that that have a little bit more sustenance. And it's because I'm a runner, and it's because I'm tall and I have a fast metabolism, so. So for me, you know, the, the 100% raw thing was something that I tried. It was something that was like an ideal that I kind of wanted to, to, to see if I could hold up to. And, and I, it just didn't work for me. That doesn't mean that it may not work for me, you know, in the future or not. But what I, what I found is that, is that a lot of times people get re- pretty neurotic about, about you know, 100% raw. And in some people it really works well for us. So I, I want to kind of say that with a caveat. But at the same time, you know, sometimes eating some cooked grains, I mean, you can you can – have some of the minerals and some of the nutrients more bioavailable by actually breaking down some of the fibers through cooking or through you know some some high speed blending or something like that that may not be available to someone who who wants to you know eat 100% raw and you know their digestive tracts aren't working properly maybe they have an intestinal flora issue or something like that and that becomes you know a challenge that they they can deal with either by themselves or with a health practitioner but it's it's in terms of raw I mean I think it makes sense to eat more fresh fruits and vegetables. And that's, that's kind of the message that, that we take to the public. It's like, look, you know, you can argue. A lot of people argue with me about, you know, raw food and is it the right thing. I'm like, look, does it make sense to eat more fresh fruits and vegetables? If we can agree on that, then we agree, agree pretty much on just about almost everything. Maybe maybe 95% we agree on, and the other 5 we can kind of, like, play around with. So so that's that's what we're, we're talking about, you know. And, and, and raw food, you know, it's it's... It's something we all can can just really take in, and it's it's definitely an approach that that is definitely the lifestyle that you're talking about. It's more than than just you know hanging out and and you know, <laughs> eating your food and then and then doing other stuff. I mean, it really kind of brings in a whole other element of spirituality and and different types of fitness and all that that sort of thing. Sure, no, and you know, there's plenty of levels of raw food. You're using a blender, or you're using a juicer, you're using a a dehydrator, you know, and you can. It, it's not a precisely raw, it's, but it's prepared and it's more digestible in all those forms, you know. Absolutely. So, so there's lots of exploration. I think I'd do a raw kitchen if I could replace everything. Unfortunately, I rent. So <laughs> like, uh-huh. I like the idea. I really like the idea in raw food cooking or as it were, you know, preparing, preparing, uncooking, <laughs> of getting rid of all the stuff in your kitchen, you know, that takes up a bunch of energy and costs you a bunch of money. And having two or three things to take up a corner, you know? It's a lot easier to do dishes, too. There's yeah. <laughs> but I, I can't well, do I it. It's never easy to do dishes. <laughs> That's true. Uh, there you go. That is true. Depends on what juicer you have, I guess. <laughs> and, you know, well, I think... We use a Vitamix to juice, actually. We've, we, um, we'll throw the, you know, vegetables, maybe 
celery and some cucumber uh, and some romaine, some parsley, and maybe some a little bit of lemon and some ginger into the Vitamix, and we'll we'll put some some fresh water into it, and then we'll blend it up and then squeeze it through a nut milk bag. And I've just found that that's the easiest way to clean up um, from a juicer. So you don't have to disassemble anything. You don't have to do anything in, that that requires any sort of work, really. The only thing you have to do is clean up the nut milk bag and maybe soak it in some food-grade hydrogen peroxide every two weeks. But that's been that's been really effective and really easy um, for me, someone who's kind of a moron when it comes to the kitchen. Uh, it's It's been a really easy way to do things instead of putting things to the juicer, cutting them up, you know, just waiting for the juice, tasting the juice, not, not knowing if it's going to taste good or not. It just seems, The water seems to dilute it nicely, and it works out really well for us. So I read, you know, we read your story about kind of how you came to eating better and working with people to make them eat better and be healthier. Did you go to school or um, do you have a particular training in this sort of thing? Or is that just all self-taught kind of just learning as you go? Yeah. I was always into fitness. And I played football and basketball and tennis in high school. But my nutrition was seriously lacking. I mean, before uh, I used to play, for example, this is a good example. I went to, um, I played tennis, and I had a, a doubles partner, and we actually ranked very high in the state at the time. And right after school, we'd go into the cafeteria, and bef- this was before our matches, and we'd go to the school store. And if you can imagine the school store, it was kind of, uh, it was in the wall of, of the cafeteria. And so you'd look in, and there'd just be this, like, rainbow color of processed food. So everything from, you know, Snickers to different types of gum and soda and all that sort of stuff. And so we would each buy a pack of Twinkies and a can of Mountain Dew. And we would, you know, we would chow down the, the Twinkies and we'd slug down the Mountain Dew. And that was basically our, you know, energy-boosting um, snack before our tennis match. And on top of that, we would actually, right after that, we would get in my Dodge Caravan that, that was my mother's caravan. We'd roll all the windows down in the caravan, have those, like, back, like, windows that kind of popped out. So we'd pop out those windows and we'd each smoke a cigarette. And then we would come to our tennis match. So that was kind <laughs> of my, my, my whole nutrition schooling when I was young. And you never so made it to Wimbledon. Was, we, my wife and I started a personal training business, and the reason why I started a personal training business is because I was always into it, and everyone was asking me at the gym, you know, what are you doing? So I said, you know, this is kind of a natural thing for me. Started the personal training business, started working with clients, and, you know, some of them were getting results and some of them weren't, and we obviously realized that the ones that were getting the results were the people who were dealing with nutrition. So what I did then was, was I just started researching nutrition. And I started kind of experimenting with what works and what doesn't. And we started giving our clients some nutritional advice. And that's, that's kind of where it all, that's where it all blossomed. That's where we started to, to really get the best results for our clients. So you can say it's self-taught and you can say that, that you know, the, the fitness part of it was, was all kind of entwined into it. But, you know, really we've, we've done our, our, our due diligence when it comes to research because I interview health experts now, and, I, and that's basically what we do for, for a living. And I've interviewed over the last two years, I've interv- interviewed over 200 health experts. And, I mean, that's like serious continuing education. I mean, the education to, it, to actually get these people on the phone and talk to them, you have to pay thousands and thousands of dollars. So basically what I do now is I distill that information through them, and I just broadcast it out to, to a willing um, fan base that, that really wants the information and doesn't have the time to get into, you know, you know, who's talking about this and, and who do I find to, to figure out my issue with this, and, and that's what we do. 
Awesome, yeah. And after hundreds of shows, uh, you have any trouble finding new topics and new people to talk to? <laughs> you know, there was a point where I did have trouble finding new topics. And, and what, what we do is, is I encourage people to ask questions. And so for today's show that just came out, you know, I asked questions from yesterday's, I answered questions from yesterday's uh, blog post. So, so, you know, Tuesdays and Thursdays are my question days. So that's when I can really, you know, communicate with, with our fans, uh, you know, give them what they want, give them some answers. And I don't know all the answers to everything. I mean, anyone tells you knows all the answers, they're full of it. But, you know, I, I do my best to kind of steer them in the right direction. But we did, we did have, we have a Fitness Friday um, segment, and this is funny because, you know, because I'm into fitness, you know, I, I love doing the exercises and, and doing different things, but I, I seriously ran out of Fitness Friday things because, you know, you can only show I'm kind of a, a basics guy when it comes to fitness, so push-ups and pull-ups and all that stuff. And I can't do more than, like, three variations of, like, a, a pull-up. You know, you can probably do about 20 variations of a push-up, but, I mean, <laughs> It gets, it gets pretty pretty lame, you know. I'm waiting for that. Here's a push-up on my knuckles. Here's a push-up on my fingertips. You know, here's a push-up, you know, on on top of a trash can. You know, <laughs> you, can't, you can't do a lot of stuff. So the Fitness Friday is kind of phasing out. <laughs> I'm waiting for the Kevin Goes to Bikram show. <laughs> it will never happen, I'll tell you. I Yoga and me just don't get along. We, we <laughs> really? absolutely have this, this relationship where, where I can't stand being still and, and a lot of yoga poses and a lot of yoga practice. Bikram is a little more intense, but you know, I just can't stand being still. And you will see there's, there's one show, I, I, can't, I can't remember which one it is, which number it is. There's one show where Anne Marie, my wife, is showing me you know, how to do some of these yoga poses. And the readers, they were, or the viewers, they, they wrote in the post, they noticed that while I was doing the corpse pose, right? Corpse pose is supposed to be completely still. I'm like fiddling with grass on, on the ground. <laughs> and you know, I just can't sit still. You must so still your mind, Kevin. Bikram, but, but maybe, you know, if, if, if someone would pay me enough. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. You'll have to wait till you're paid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. do, do some sort of yoga really drive. For free, by the it's way. not going to be Bikram, I'll tell you that. No, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Hey, uh, we need to do a little station ID if you want to stay tuned. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Emily Deschanel from Bones, and you are listening to Vegan Radio on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP, 103.3 FM, and podcasting at veganradio.com. Being compassionate means being vegan. You listen to Emily. She knows. She's a, <laughs> she's a forensic investigator. She's smart. Uh, we're back with Kevin Gianni. That was quick, Kevin. <laughs> it's the quickest break we've ever had. You said that. What was her name? Emily, Emily Deschanel. Deschanel. Zoe Deschanel's sister. Zoe's sister. Zoe's yeah. sister. Zoe. Or I should say, Zoe, Zoe is her sister. Is her sister. <laughs> well. So, what's next? Um, we're going to ask Kevin what dark circles under our eyes mean. We need to watch that episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because, you know, I got them. You do? Yeah, me too, me too. You do? Well, the last I couple weeks. I think it means that I haven't been sleeping. Uh, it could be. That's why I turned down the lights in here, so I didn't have to look at your guys' ghostly faces. <laughs> we need more it's K. Definitely, it's definitely a sleep, a sleep thing, guys. So it's a sleep thing, and it's an adrenal thing. You guys drink coffee? Uh, a little. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm trying to get off it. I got a nasty headache last week. It was awful. <laughs> yeah, what did you, you do to try to get off of it? Um, drink lots of water. 
yeah. hot, and sleep. Hot almond milk chocolate. Um, <laughs> yeah, hot almond milk chocolate. There you go. Yeah. That didn't work for you? Um, well, uh, more or less. I mean, all you can really do is wean yourself, right? Coffee's a hard flavor to replace, I think. is Chicory. Tried Postum, you Mate. know. Noth- nothing quite satisfies. Caffix. But it's definitely uh, mess- messes up your system, though. Oh, all kinds of ways. Yeah, it does. It, it throws your adrenals way out of whack. I used to drink like six cups a day. So I, I know what you guys are talking about. <laughs> I could never do, I, I never understood the six cup thing. And they're like, oh yeah, my fifth cup of coffee. I'm like, uh, why aren't you in the bathroom at all? <laughs> I don't understand because one cup, I feel like I'm, you know, dying. I think it's just winter. I'm, I need more energy and I'm like, uh, it's, like, it steals sleep. your energy though. Yes, I guess. Get outside in the middle of the day. Get the sun on you if you can. I just want to sleep 18 hours a day. That's okay, <laughs> let's do that. Six hours up, eighteen down. That's the solution. You got it. Well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you something about the the coffee and, and the more energy. It does give you that false, you know, sense of energy at one point, and then you know you crash later and you need more. We all know that. I mean, it's just like any sort of drug or anything like that. But mm-hmm. you know, I experienced that with raw chocolate, and and you know, raw chocolate's a big thing, kind of in the raw food world, and a lot of people talk about it. And I would I was eating a lot of raw chocolate in my smoothies. So I was putting like, you know, a tablespoon, two tablespoons in my smoothie in the morning with, you know, banana and, and whatever else I decided to put in the smoothie, maybe some spinach or something like that. And literally I went into some serious adrenal stress and to the point where, where my kidneys started to, to function improperly. And wow. it was actually pretty serious. And, and you know, I, I look back at it now and I'm like, wow, you know, like I was, I was eating something that people were saying was good and it definitely threw me out of out of whack um and it and it put me in a point where i literally couldn't get out of bed sometimes and, and you know i'm teaching about health and i can't get out of bed and i, I felt really like you <laughs> well, know, that's just compromised the... about that you know like, like i didn't know what to do i felt very you know i felt almost like uh, hypocritical because I'm, I'm not able to get out of bed and I, and I didn't know what it was and so eventually i eliminated some things out of my diet and i realized that the raw chocolate was doing it and the instant I took out the raw chocolate, like everything started to get better. I started to get more energy. Um, I had gotten actually some eczema from it, which is I'd never had eczema before in my stomach, and that went away too. So, so I mean, it's it's one of those things, you know, you you hear it's bad for you, you hear it's bad for you, maybe it really is. <laughs> yeah, and you know, it's a too much of anything <laughs> concept, you know, like you you load your system up with any one food. It doesn't matter if it's, you know... Could be super vitamin rich food. You can overdo it. Yeah, I find if I have too many antioxidants, I get really disoriented. Really? <laughs> <laughs> All the oxygen goes away. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> yeah, we we had um, well, you obviously know David Wolf's the uh, one of the main proponents of the cacao. Sure. But we had an, we had another guest on recently. Um, was it Ruth Ann Russo or somebody? Yeah, I think so. And she was telling us that. At one point, David was eating so much cacao that his skin was turning brown or something. <laughs> wow! <laughs> yeah, I know David personally. He eats chocolate. You know, he he. I spent some time with him up in Canada, his place, and and he eats chocolate every day. I mean, it's and it. Hey, you know, I don't see any external. Um, so it works for him. His skin turned brown, but. <laughs> <laughs> I thought maybe he was full of something, but I just. <laughs> so so you haven't. So you think that it's just it was your personal constitution that it was a problem with, and some other people are able to do it every day? I don't, I don't know how much people are able to do it every day. Um, I think that yes, it had to do with my personal constitution, but I, I, 
I'm really kind of leaning towards the fact that I don't think uh, raw chocolate is something that everyone should be eating every day. And that's kind of that's that's the conclusion I've come to because I did a video about it and literally probably got the most the most posts that we had gotten um, in in a long time. It probably maybe about 200 posts and and we had about I think it, over the weekend I posted on a Friday we we had over over like 8,000 views over the weekend. And so I knew that it was a pretty hot topic. And literally 70% of the comments were, you know, I had this experience too, or I had something like this. Or even two weeks later, um, you know, one guy in particular, he had this rash all up and down his legs, stopped the cacao, and it just completely went away. Wow. Yeah. Well, there so, you go. You know, it's one, of those, it's one of those things that you do every once in a while when, you know, you're hanging out with friends and maybe you go to a raw food restaurant or something like that and and then you leave it alone for for the next like year <laughs> <laughs> so you do you still eat it occasionally yourself or i i haven't eaten it in a while i haven't eaten it since since that that episode so that was made about two years ago so now do you think that there's a differential there like i tend to eat just really you know dairy free as low sugar dark chocolate as possible i haven't gone with the whole raw cacao thing yet i've had the chocolate covered nibs which are yeah. awesome um, but like, do you think that just having it in that raw form maybe affects more good and bad? Like anything, I guess, in its purest form would probably. It's, it's a good question. And, and I don't know the answer. Yeah. To it. I mean, it, uh, it, it was more rhetorical. I was just kind yeah. of, yeah, <laughs> here's something to think about. <laughs> so is there anything that you would consider like a staple of your diet now that you try to have every day and, or at least in moderation or like, you know, throughout the week? Yeah, I'm pretty. I'm pretty boring. I would say green juice. Yeah, is something that I that I have every day, and it's kind of that that mixture that I mentioned before. So some some celery and some maybe some spinach or some romaine lettuce. Um, you know, real real kind of um, light vegetables all put together in that Vitamix, and then and then squeeze through. So that's that's kind of the staple that that we do just about every day. We always have a massive salad. I mean, I'm I I've had this idea in the back of my head. And I'm gonna. Announce. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you guys now, but you know, I hope someone doesn't run with it. But is this you know, breaking being news? Being in the raw food world and, and being you know in the vegan world, I mean, a lot of people tend to eat a lot of salads, and so you know, there can, there's not a big enough salad bowl for me. There's, <laughs> there's really isn't. I think and if I was just eating salad, I'd, I'd, was that? <laughs> I think if I was just like that was the main part of my meal, I'd probably feel the same way. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm a salad. I'm a salad chef. That's my job. Actually, I run a cold line, and I'm consistently picking out just like a continuous eight-hour salad every shift. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> is there a salad bowl that literally can fit like three gallons of salad? Because that's what I'm looking for. <laughs> uh, the, well, the restaurants have those big, uh, big, giant bowls, right? Oh yeah, for buffets and stuff. The, the big wooden ones that look like they're kind of. Oh, yeah, when they, like, do Caesar for you at the table or whatever. Yeah, there you go. Well, I was looking into this whole, like, thing about, you know, how much you're supposed to have. And, and apparently, even if I were to sit completely still all day long, I'm still supposed to eat something like 2,200 calories. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can't imagine. 500 in your breakfast. Getting all that, you know, just out of salads and stuff. You'd have to have nuts and other things, I imagine. But you can put nuts in the... Do you put nuts in your salad, Kevin? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. you know. Nuts and seeds, avocados... Mm. There's all kinds of things you can put in salad. It's still, it's, it's still hard. I mean, because you know, you said 2,300 calories for me. It's like 3,000. That, yeah. That's just kind of like my basal metabolic level, you know. And and so that's why that's why I went back to eating some cooked foods. Because not only you know did I need 3,000 calories just to kind of 
you know, get up in the morning and, you know, do the normal things that my body needs to do, um, I need, I run. And so, you know, I, I run up in the woods, I run on trails, I, I was doing trail marathons, and look, you know, there's just no way you can eat that many vegetables. Just not you, convenient. You can't eat 6,000 calories, if not more, um, of vegetables in a day without literally strapping an IV on. And so, you know, that, that was why I went back to some calorie-dense foods like lentils and, and quinoa, maybe some brown rice, um, things like that, that that actually really helped me out and brought my energy levels up again. What's your, um, what's your feelings about uh, how much protein-to-carbohydrate ratio for somebody who's athletic like yourself? Yeah, the, 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 the carbohydrate ratio is definitely going to be high. In that case, um, you know, I'm sure you guys have heard of like the 80-10-10 diet in terms of, um, you know, fruit to, to protein to carbohydrate. Sorry, not fruit. <laughs> Fat to, <laughs> to protein to carbohydrate. So 80% carbohydrate, um, 10% protein, 10% fat. Um, I don't know. I don't like to stick into any sort of rule because, you know, inevitably someone will come up and say, hey, I tried something different and it worked for me. And you're like, all right, well, you know, what's, what's the real truth here? But I definitely think that that someone who is active and someone who is, is doing exercise like that, rigorous exercise, you know, the protein doesn't have to come up too much. So, you know, 20% protein, 25% protein, something like that. Probably about the same um, for fat, maybe a little bit lower, maybe a little bit higher, depending on your body composition. And then, you know, 50%, 60% carbohydrate. You've got to get the sugar in. You've got to get, you know, your, your body functioning on that um, so you can actually burn that as energy. Uh, it's it's a much easier process for your body to earn to, to burn sugar than it is to burn fat because it needs to actually break apart the fat um, to to burn it as fuel and sugar is readily available in your system. So so that's 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 the kind of the the percentage that that I, that I kind of go by when when I'm exercising pretty intensely like that. I like what you said about. Um you know, things work for different people because I think like, although it's really important to look at, you know, what things we know are good for us, the dark leafy greens and good, you know, superfoods, antioxidants, berries and all these things. It's like, you really got to go with what your body wants. And I think you learned that with the cacao, you know, (laughs) like maybe, you know, they say it's good for you, but it didn't feel good to you. You know, I think that's something that people need to look at even with all these healthy you know, tips. Superfoods. Yeah, exactly. Like, if it doesn't make you feel good, stop eating it. <laughs> and people ignore it. Yeah, no, they I, do. They do. Ignore I ignored too. it with milk and for a very long we, time. We ignore it. And it's, it's, it's something that, that, that we really need to work on. And, and one of the, the biggest things that I teach and that I want, you know, if anyone, you know, comes away with anything after any call that I do, it's, look, you have, you have to take control of your own health. You have to take control of your own situation. And if you're in the driver's seat, then, then you can kind of roll with the punches and figure out what's working and figure out what's not and not let anyone tell you or lead you astray because a lot of people, what happens is they get into this health movement. I'm sure you guys experienced it. Um, they get into this health movement, and suddenly everyone's telling them, you know, 100 different things, and they're trying all these different things, and they just have no idea what's working. And they have, you know, and they get so confused, and they get frustrated, and they go, ah, forget it. And then they throw it down on the ground and forget about it, and they're back eating, you know, who knows what, <laughs> you know, like McDonald's and all this other sort of stuff, you know, how many f- friends of yours, you know, were vegan and suddenly just, you know, popped out and, and you know, you, you, you see them like pulling out of like the McDonald's drive-by, you know, drive-thru. <laughs> They're not our <laughs> friends anymore. <laughs> uh, just kidding. You have to have compassion, I suppose. 
Yeah, and you have to listen to yourself, you know, listen Amen. to your body. So uh, what's coming up tomorrow on renegadehealth.com, if I may be so bold as to ask? Uh, what's coming up tomorrow? Tomorrow, well, I would love to get the the presentation that, that we're doing at, for our like, going away party, which is tomorrow night, but it's not going to happen. So what we have for tomorrow is we have... Um, we actually have us learning how to drive the RV. <laughs> oh, perfect. <laughs> we went out to a, a place in, uh, in Waterford, Connecticut, and we had a guy, Captain Tom. He's a, he's a state police officer, and, and he does, um, does tractor-trail and RV training um, like on the weekends. He owns this like, RV school. And so we basically went through you know, basically RV boot camp. Wow. And so he's kind of shown us how to do it and, you know, parallel park and how to back into places. Luckily, there were cones and all this sort of stuff. So, <laughs> Did you get to do so a controlled skid? We'll have a coming up tomorrow. <laughs> I know that when they train uh, double-decker bus drivers in England, they have them do a controlled spin. Yeah. 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 Really? That's right. So, <laughs> wow. I'll, yeah. I'll tell you this. this is try that. If you see our RV... With um, you know, you'll see the Renegade Health logo and everything on it, like driving. You know, anyway, you guys are in Massachusetts. If you see us driving by, like seriously, turn off the road because there's <laughs> no law that you have to have a license, a, a special license, to drive this RV. Oh yeah, yeah we know that. We have we have a we have a vegan bus that's registered as an RV, and we... I want to see a race. That's all I'm trying to say. <laughs> Does the RV have a name? I've been. I thought. I thought I read a name for it. Did you guys name it? So it does have a name. We didn't name it. Our our readers named it. What is it? What is and it? And this is what we, we put it up to a vote, and there was a couple options, like the green machine, olive oil, like, you know, oil. Is pretty Olive oil is cute. Um, and then the kale whale. So, yeah, kale. that's right, the kale that's whale. What, that's what they picked. So I want to see kale whale versus kale whale. vegan bus. Go. <laughs> well, <laughs> we'll have to talk about that later. We're, we're actually out of time, Kevin. All right. Um, and we've really enjoyed having you on the show, and we're we're looking forward to checking in with you soon and keeping up with your videos. You're doing well, a great I thing. I really appreciate it, guys. And if you're uh, out in Massachusetts, definitely look us up. Will do. Have a have a great trip, and we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks. <laughs> Take care, guys. Thank you. Bye bye. See you All on right. Facebook. Well, it's that time, Scotty. Oh, I always feel sad towards the end of the show because this one. I know. You know, we hit our stride, and then it's all over. It's time for our meandering chatter. Yep. Up next, we have uh, Scene Red Radio. Or is it just Scene Red? <laughs> Seeing Red, it's definitely not anything but radio. <laughs> and uh, tune in next week. We've got some good shows coming up. You can check out our calendar at veganradio.com slash calendar. All our podcasts are up there. We're also on the Pacifica Radio Network, and you're listening to WXOJLP Northampton 103.3 FM. Bye-bye. Vegan Radio. Crunchy on the outside, creamy on the inside and 100% gristle-free. The third annual Green Lifestyle Film Festival at UCLA's James Bridges Theater will showcase dozens of top-rate independent films on sustainability the weekend of March 13th through the 15th. Ticket prices and more information can be found online at greenlifestylefilmfestival.com. Hey, kiddies. Welcome. Vegan School 101. It's free to get in, but you'll be paying the rest of your life to get out. <laughs> Today's episode, 
We're looking at diversions. Everything's going on. It's hard to keep our eye on the ball when we can't even find the ball. So sit back and try and make sense of it all because if you listen careful, I give you the answers to most of our problems. All right. Now you wait a minute, Billy. I want you to go down to the car and get those things for me. I want to talk with... Uh, now, I want you to do me a favor, and, and if you could, I'll... I'll I'll, I'll give a, a $20 bill to your favorite charity. Now, here's what I would like. Um, now, I have to go get my picture taken. I was uh, first place winner in the testicle uh, turkey testicle eating contest. And uh, I'm going to be on the cover of Carnivore Magazine. Now, uh, I'm going to have my picture taken down at uh, the, the Glamour Shop down, at the, down in the mall here. And that's why I came in early. I don't like any distractions. And uh, so uh, if you could watch Billy for me, then uh, I'll give you that $20. What do you say? You just send him this way, uh, and I'll take care of him. You be on your way, and uh, hit him on your way in, and we'll take care of him. Uh, looking forward to seeing that picture on Carnivore Magazine. <laughs> Testicle eating, not you. <laughs> Damn, there she goes. She's hot. Oh, but she's a meat eater. Ugh thought of her uh, chewing and gnawing on a piece of grizzle. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we interrupt this broadcast with important information that really is useless, but we're going to tell you it's a test of some kind of broadcasting system and you're going to listen to a long beep in which point you're going to wonder what's going on in the world that we need to be living in here. Have we ever heard an actual broadcast? But anyway, this is a, a long interruption, and we, we, we are sorry for that, but there were some things being said we wanted to block out, so we'll continue as soon as we deem that uh, content is uh, acceptable. So just hang on, folks, and uh, just pretend that you're hearing a long beep, and here we go, beep. We interrupt scheduled broadcasting for a public service announcement from the College for Black Youth today, Mississippi Delta area, working on humane education, children growing up, vegan lunch, school lunches, vegan lunch, humane education, makes the acquisition of relevant knowledge, skills, and commitment to living ethically, sustainably, and peaceably on this planet, the very purpose of education does this by infusing the curricula at all levels of education with meaningful information, inspiration, and tools for creating a safe and humane world for all. Humane education examines the challenges facing our planet from human oppression and animal exploitation to materialism and ecological degradation. It explores how we might live with compassion and respect for everyone, not just our friends and neighbors, but all people not just our dogs, cats, but all animals, not just our own homes, but also the earth itself, our ultimate home. Humane education helps raise a generation that cares, that realizes that what we do matters, not just to ourselves, but also to everyone our lives touch. A generation that understands the connections between both our personal and cultural choices and the fate of other people, other species, and the earth takes responsibility for creating a better world 
Humane education achieves these goals by inspiring people to identify the values that will guide them through life and by teaching them the process of embodying these values in the face of complex problems and needs. You know, the birth of humane education as a national effort dates back to 1915. Its primary goals were visiting local schools to promote the development of humane education, publicizing the good works of nations. Well, quality humane education uses a four-element approach. That includes providing accurate information about the interrelated issues of human rights, environmental preservation, animal protection, and culture. Teaching critical thinking so students can discern fact from opinion and resist forms of manipulation, whether from advertising, media, peers, or social norms. Inspiring the three R's of reverence, respect, and responsibility so students will have both the passion for and the commitment to bringing about positive change. Offering choices for both individual decision-making, group problem-solving, so that students can become part of a growing effort to develop sustainable, peaceful, humane systems by which to live. Your $5 contribution, Mississippi Delta Black Foundation for Youth, help ensure vegan lunch, and humane education, the end to school shootings. Thank you. To be teaching uh, humane education, which involves the respect of, of all living things. And I can't okay. turn around in five minutes to uh, serve them chopped up animals and say, be respectful. Yeah, I don't know how I can uh, work in an environment like that and then stay silent about it, what's going on. Animals are being fed to children everywhere. I know, it's going on everywhere. It's terrible. <laughs> if you look at the science of what it's doing to children, uh, you know, they're, it's cutting their lives shorter. They could live five to ten years longer if they go to a vegan diet, and they can never have to worry about a list of disease. You wouldn't believe. Uh, look at strokes, heart attack, osteoporosis, kidney stones, colon cancer, all these. If I don't tell them anything, then I'm complicit in the lie, and that silence is a terrible thing for me to live with. I can't live with myself. That's why I can't be in that situation as long as they're continuing on that path. Hey, but well, let's look at some of the controversy around vegetables. What about all the illegal immigrants who are picking our vegetables? What about the pesticides? There's a million problems with vegetables. You know, your vegetables are not off scot-free here. Vegetables have all kinds of problems. Well, you know, when, when uh, pigs escape from a factory farm and they have feces all over their hooves and they trample through a field of spinach, we can blame the spinach problem. <laughs> it turns out that we don't need meat, we don't need dairy, and we get by not just uh, fine, but better. We, we get up, get by better with a plant-based diet, and, and that's just the science. That's not my beliefs or views. Well, I, I feel like I'm uh, getting stronger every day not eating meat, so every vegan I know feels uh, better than they've ever felt in their lives, and, and they don't uh, regret it in any way. Hey, if you're worried about missing this or that nutrient, 
take a, a multivitamin instead of uh, saying that you need to eat this animal when it's just a flat-out lie. There's so many choices today. We don't need to eat animals, and it sends the kids the wrong message that animals or other beings are just commodities. And as soon as you view uh, something as, as uh, just a product and inconsequential, then you run the risk of viewing the, the human as, as the same thing. And that's what happens with school shootings and, and wars and the violence in our society. We're the most violent society in the world, and isn't it a coincidence that we eat the most meat and, 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 and treat the animals the way we do? And people are removed from it because these this this Holocaust is going off in the distance, and, and you can't even see it. They're in these sheds off over the hill, you know. But. The, the big issue is, is, is children and, and this idea of school shootings. It's happening all over the country, and, and people don't want to seem to address. You blame school shootings on meat? Yes, definitely. Uh, you look at you. Let's hear. You know, uh, go ahead. Please make that connection. Sure. Um, you, you take you take a typical Fox River Grove student right now. You know what they do for fun after school? They go down to the river with Bowie knives and they drive them through the center of frogs' bodies and they watch them quiver and squirm uh, for hours while the sun roasts them. And then they crush beetles on the way home and see who can crush the most. And that's their competition. And then you got a kid who undergoes humane education in school. Uh, what Illinois schools should be teaching according to its school code, and that kid sees a beetle running across the road and it wonders if the pavement's hot and that's why it's moving fast, or if it's late somewhere, or if it's scared and it doesn't want to get close and scare it more, but it is its body. Now let me ask you this, which kid is going to bring a gun into school? Uh, it's <laughs> the, one playing, the one playing video games. <laughs> if Dick Cheney was a vegan, we wouldn't have gone to war, basically. That's what you're saying? That's interesting. Yeah. I, I wouldn't have shot anyone in the face either. But I can't, I, it's a great routine. I cannot, I cannot to talk. We cannot preach social ills in our school because we have to be so politically correct. Because there's nothing to do with religion. And when you start using words like preach and proselytize and ramming things down people's throat and indoctrination, that's not fair to me. All I'm trying to do is do my job. And Illinois school code says that every public school teacher shall teach character education, which consists of respect, responsibility, and, and uh, caring, and trustworthiness. And so when I try and teach him stop me that's wrong you're on a crusade dude you're on a total crusade the dots it's a lot of information to think about folks we'll end this episode of vegan school 101 with a quote from myself just sit back and think about the moon crying in loneliness as today's child chooses to stay inside glued to an electronic box compartmentalized inside a temperature controlled facade instead of going out into the world exploring caves swimming with turtles discovering nature's beauty and perfection carrying a broken wing feeding fish Finding real friends, friends who help the child as much or more than the other. That's right, kids. Animals are our friends. All right, until next time. The third annual Green Lifestyle Film Festival at UCLA's James Bridges Theater will showcase dozens of top-rated independent films on sustainability the weekend of March 13 through March 15. Ticket prices and more information can be found online at greenlifestylefilmfestival.com.